friends, and welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brent Adams, joined by a man who's one step closer to checking unpaid internship with Professor Chaos off of his bucket list, Mr. Lauren Bobgarden. Lauren! <laughs> oh, happy E3, Brent. Happy E3 to you, buddy. I love what you're referencing. Yes, it was. Honestly, it was probably the happiest moment of the entire show for me. That was a that was a total shock to me. Was it mm-hmm. was it a complete shock to you? That's why it was my favorite moment. And um, the, my favorite moments this I year, like and we'll talk surprised. about them, were, were ones that I didn't expect, and that was definitely yeah. one of them. Surprises can go one way, as in the case uh, of South Park fractured butthole, or they can go the other way, as in the retail cost of the Xbox One Elite controller, as an example. Oh, which is I don't even know what it is. A hundred and fifty. Come on, are you serious? Not even kidding. And that is the first story that we're going to get to in today's E3 roundup. Of course, we told you we were coming back later in the week to uh, cover Microsoft and Sony and all the other things that we missed the first time around because we recorded before those things finished, but they finished now, and now we're recording. You see how that works, kids? Anyway, uh, we don't have... I don't, even, I, don't even want, I don't even want to do a show now. Now that you just told me that... Who, who would? I, I don't I, want I a game anymore. Screw the game. Ta- I'm going to go take up another hobby. I'm going to start collecting milk cartons or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> I can't believe you just told it's one hundred and fifty dollars. We're gonna we're gonna cover. Uh, we're not going to cover everything because we don't have we don't have the time to cover everything. But we are going to cover the things that caught our eye, the things that we're interested in, the things we love, the things we hated. And we're going to start as Monday started with the Microsoft press conference. And I think that probably the first thing that we need to talk about is backwards compatibility. That they announced that early in the press conference, it was a big big deal. Uh, or they made it a big, big deal. I thought probably one of the best moments of that entire show was they were talking about backwards compatibility, which is going to work through some sort of emulation, and uh, and, and it's, support's going to have to be enabled. It's not going to just work for every Xbox game out there, but uh, you are going to be able to put your disc in for games that you own, and it'll download the software that you need it'll it'll basically download like the the version they've created to run on emulation so it's it's not like backwards backwards compatibility from say like the PlayStation 3 generation or the early PlayStation 3 models but anyway it's uh it, it's it is emulation but i thought microsoft nailed it at, when they said we're not going to charge you to play the games you already own i thought that was a great line it was a great jab at sony and the fact that the only sort of backwards compatibility they kind of have is PlayStation Now, which they do charge for. So I thought that was uh, I thought that was a good good thing out of the gate for Microsoft in their press event. I agree, Brent. So so let me, if I may, start us off with a little bit of a. a, a an overview of the press conference and the press conferences in general. I feel uh, just because I, if you, if I may, I want to back up just a little oh, smidge. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because I feel like this year, I, 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 just, I don't feel this year, like number one, like there is a clear winner. Uh, and number two, I, I almost, I, I don't know if it's because we've been covering this for so long or, or maybe because I don't feel like there's a clear winner, but I almost don't even want to discuss that uh, in those terms in the, in the sense that, I, I don't know something. It just feels like I want to talk about the games and what they were talking about. And I, I maybe maybe if there was a clear winner, I would feel differently. Right. Uh, but I don't. If there was a winning moment, I agree with you that this was it. 
Um, in Microsoft's press conference? In, my, in, in almost in any of them. I mean, right. I think that like the, the crowd... So went, this was a big, big deal for you, yeah? Uh, no, no, actually it wasn't. But the crowd went nuts for it. Sure, and, yeah. And I thought it was very cool, and it was an awesome dig. I personally, my first thought, honestly, when I saw this was, fuck you very much for not telling me this two years ago. Like, that's that's great, but I sold my Xbox 360 long ago when the generations before the generation switch, but I would have sold it anyway, not knowing that there would be backwards compatibility. Right. So right? It, this, this might've changed the complexion on the matter for you. You might've, well, maybe I'll hang on to these games if there's any chance of backwards compatibility. Right. I don't have any of my, my Xbox or PlayStation three, Xbox one, uh, Xbox three sixty or PlayStation three games left because everybody, no, nobody at the time of transition said there would be backwards compatibility. Right. Well, and I don't, I, I only have one TV. Yeah, uh, and so I don't I don't see the point in having two consoles hooked up to it. But but anyway, I, I think it was an awesome moment. The crowd went ballistic. They did, and, and my hope is that moving forward, both of the companies will recognize how important this is to gamers. Well, you know, Shuhei Yoshida did an interview, I think, with Polygon, and talk, they asked him a little bit about this, and he, he said, you know, if this was easy to do, we would have done it, but emulating last generation on current-gen hardware is not easy. He said that uh, they don't have immediate plans for it, but if, if something changes in the future, that they would certainly do it. But, uh, you know, he was skeptical about this. He talked about, well, I'll be curious to see what the list of games is and uh, and how they run and all that certainly and but even I, something like i mean they could if they could attack it now brent and, and say okay we're going to want to protect these playstation 4 games and hey everybody just so you know if you still if you can prove you still have the discs or you bought the digital download when we when we release the playstation 5 you'll be able to to access those games for free ver- through playstation now i think that what microsoft is proposing is is fantastic, actually, and we we've talked about this very thing that in the past. We've we've suggested almost this exact strategy. I think it's fantastic. The only thing that the only thing that I'm I guess skeptical or just concerned about is which games are going to be supported. They're saying they're going to have a hundred by the holidays this year, and then they're going to be adding hundreds more as time goes on. They've got to they've got to keep their word on that. They have to actually do that in order for this to have real real value. And I don't. I'm the only Xbox 360 game that I still own is Red Dead Redemption. It's the only. Well, and one. I was going to say, Brent. I think they dropped the ball, and maybe they dropped. They didn't do this because they, it just simply wasn't a possibility. Yeah. But I, I think dropping the mic in this moment would have occurred when they said, "And coming in the first wave is Red Dead Redemption." Yes. Well, for you and I, that would have been the only thing that we needed to hear. Um, yes. So that that's the that's the only thing. But anyway, I don't, I don't mean to, I don't mean to crap through. on it. I just I just I personally felt like. This is great, like a year and a half after the console came out, or whatever it is. Yeah, but, but hey, the but console's I, cheaper now too, and and they've also uh, they've also we've also the discovered that uh, Connect is not required for the experience as they once said it was. So yes, indeed. You know, in a sense, maybe they did you a favor. I don't but know. it was it was a great moment. But so along with that moment, Brett. So it was interesting. We, we kind of you and I were kind of talking about this before we started recording. How this year it seemed like there was a switch almost almost. 180 from last year, yeah. where basically Sony's press conference was 95% uh, games yep. and just a t- smidge of hardware. Xbox was talking a lot more about hardware between the HoloLens, backwards compatibility, and yeah, the Elite they controller. They were about hardware and services. Right, a lot more and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and less about games. And so not, not to diminish that they were talking about games, but it was just it was much like uh, the opposite no. of what it was last year. And so another one of the things they talked about, the Xbox One Elite 
controller, which, which I loved. I mean, like I watched it. I said, well, the, like the one takeaway from the press conference for me is I'll get that fucking controller. That looks awesome. And then I found out the price point. Yeah, I, I, I it's, I, I, I would, I agreed with you, and I literally, I did not know the retail price. I was talking, and, to and that's insane. I found out last night. I was talking to Esteban. I was driving around. I was talking to Esteban while I was in the car, and I about wrecked. I about ran the car off the road when he told me what the price point was. I could not believe how much they are charging for that thing. And you know, Tony put it in perspective. He says, you know, there are pro controllers that. I mean that, that that's not rare to you know to pay that kind of money for a, a really really high end controller. I'm like uh, okay, like I understand that and everything, but damn, I mean like they are really like this thing. This thing had better be able to make me pancakes in the morning and and maybe even fluff me at night. I mean this thing had had better be a damn serious controller. Yeah, I mean there's no bucks. there's no chance in hell I'm getting it. I don't own an Xbox One currently. Uh, there will be an Xbox One controller that comes with the Oculus Rift, although. I have no doubt that if, that if I it get the ain't rip, this I'll, one. Re- I'll replace it with the touch, and and I have I just I have no use for this whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's very interesting, and I guess to the people that that want to buy those types of pro controllers, if that price is normal, then good on you. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's hope you um, enjoy. Um, <laughs> indeed. One of the games that really caught my eye, and there's really not a lot of games uh, from the Microsoft press conference for me. Uh, I guess I guess that's a way of saying that nothing Microsoft showed off in their press conference was enough for me to say oh well now i got to get an xbox one that's for sure but the one game that did really catch my eye and that i i really hope maybe comes to pc is recore we didn't see any gameplay we just saw a cinematic trailer for it but i i was very intrigued by what we saw in the trailer and by maybe some of the gameplay possibilities that is suggested by that trailer so that's one that i'm keeping my eye on um i guess if you're a halo fan or a gears of war fan plenty to get excited about because microsoft's got your back uh, with both of those titles, what about the Hololens demo? That was that was a, another moment that really got the crowd excited. What did you think of that, Lauren? Uh, I, I I thought it was super dope. Actually, and what I'm looking for is so they did you know they did the Minecraft demo. I actually showed it to my wife. Yeah, uh, they they did that whole like watching or playing on a TV on the wall demo and then moving it to the table. Right, and it continues to impress, man. And I I just want to see more and more and more from it. Um, I, I want to read more. I think more people are going to get hands-on at E3. I've done a little bit of reading on it. Some people have said that there's some issues with the field of view being very small um, and and and, uh, um, and it, it being a little bit less responsive because of that. Right. But um, I thought the demo was just... It continues to, to wow me, and I thought it was very impressive, and I would I just... I would, I would, I'm very excited to see more of the HoloLens. On the games, I agree that ReCore looked interesting. Um, Halo 5, I, I have to tell you... Um, it's not a console pusher for me, but uh, I, I, the fact that Nathan Fillion is in it is meaningful to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's just he's not in enough games. And Halo Three ODST was one of my was my favorite in the series, and I yeah. know that's odd. Um, and Nathan Fillion and half the cast of Firefly was in it, and that's not a small part of it. I mean, it's, it was cool to be moving through the game and having Nathan Fillion at your side. Yeah, uh, and, and I, frankly, I don't know why he's not in more video games. Honestly. Um, because he's because too busy being awesome. Yeah, that's possible. Um, well, but he, I thought I mean, it was he's interesting. Got that, he's, he's got that fucking network TV show. Like that's an hour long drama. That's like seventeen hour workdays right there, man. Castle, yeah, no, yeah. I know. But uh, uh, no, I, I so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, Hololens. Hololens looks cool. It's just it's. I feel like it's too early. I mean, I don't think we're. I don't think we're going to see it for a little while. And I just I want to see more of it. Yeah, Minecraft. Minecraft to me is. I, it, Minecraft is a game I don't get. It just doesn't. It doesn't scratch my 
itch at all for uh, I just don't understand I don't get why people are so into it and so popular it's not my thing and so the 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 cool part of it was the holograph part of it to me yeah you know if if they had shown Battlefront uh, being played on a tabletop it might have might have been more in, more uh, uh, endearing to me but uh, yeah dude I just I can't wait to see more from the Hololens well that's kind of me like the, the possibilities of what the Hololens represents I think are really are really interesting and I can think of a lot of things that are not necessarily traditional games I, I mean some things are are augmented reality type things that we've seen in the past. I mean, like imagine playing a game of magic and, you know, you put a card on the table and a little monster climbs out of the card onto the table and goes and dukes it out, uh, right. you know, with, with your opponent's uh, monster. Why have they not created the holograms from Star Wars yet? Yeah, I, I, those kinds of things. Well, and just, I mean, imagine what you could do with traditional, like like tabletop board games, but enhanced with kind of video game dynamics like like imagine playing a game of clue as an example in which the game board is actually like a dollhouse mansion sitting on your table and you know you can kind of you know dissolve the walls away and peek inside and and uh you know be like video clue like where you're seeing scenes play out and and people talking to each other and you're trying to unravel clues as to who did what and all that kind of stuff i i can think of a lot of things like that but in terms of, of video games other than the hey it's the biggest screen you could ever want to have projected on any wall in your house other than that um i i i don't know how it fits into into traditional games i think minecraft was a good demo but also sort of a unique opportunity the most compelling thing i've seen from the hololens so far still remains the mars demo right uh and and how it covers the whole room and everything and i think yeah. there's a lot of video game things that can be done with that where you can move your way through across this planet surface and yeah so on and so forth. But All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on chronologically uh, to EA since uh, they were next up on Monday. I think the first thing that we got to talk about uh, is Star Wars Battlefront. Um, yep. One of the highlights of the show for me. One, one of the absolute high points of the show for me, too. Uh, we saw the Hoth level. I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. When I say the show, I mean E3. This is one of my sort of E3 highlights. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, that's what I took your meaning to be. Yep. Um, I think that... We saw the we saw the Hoth demo at EA's press conference, and I thought they did a fantastic job in bouncing between the different kinds of characters that you can play: people on the ground, people in vehicles, flying vehicles, ground vehicles, Empire and uh, Rebel side. Going back and forth really gave you a sense of all of those, uh, just the dynamics, like what each of those different play styles would entail. And there were a couple of moments that I, I really, I really kind of lost my pants when. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there's one moment I think that, I'm laughing because that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like screaming like a little kid. My wife was looking at me yeah. like I'm an idiot. There's one moment where I, I think I think that the gameplay is taking place from a uh, an imperial. Uh, stormtrooper and there's a one where you're just like running along and you just like look up and you're looking up the leg of an ad at you know mm-hmm. like way up to the cockpit and you know you just see the blue sky beyond you're like oh my god this is incredible all of it dude I, mine started with so it started with in the very opening for me oh my god the snow troopers with yeah. the big long sort of masks down the front you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the stormtroopers for uh down on hoth and then it was it was just nonstop like oh my god it's an ATST oh my god it's an ad ad yeah. oh my god oh my god oh my god the star destroyer is coming in and landing and culminated for me with with come on he's is he really did he really just harpoon the ad ad and circling its legs he harpooned like, the ad that's happening right now and he's fly you're flying that that speeder yeah it was good times man it was really good times um, 
I don't know. And then comes Vader. And then comes Vader. Yeah. And and everything just everything just went off the hook. But I uh, I loved what I saw. I absolutely loved what I saw. I yep. you know, and I know that there are still people saying, "Yeah, but no, but you know, but there's no space dogfights." And you know, I'm sorry, I did not come away from watching that demo thinking, "Oh, I could like this game if only space dogfights." I have to say that there's plenty there for me to get into. Dude, it is every it is everything I want in this sense, and I know that there are people who want more. But it, I, I just I felt so connected on Hoth with the music, yeah. and the locale. The music and everything was a big like, part of both those demos. Everything render on, and and uh, likewise, you know, when I see Endor footage and um, not Tatooine, yes, uh, not when Tatooine I see, planet, yes, which is Tatooine Shaku. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, Tatooine, whatever. Um, the, it's like and with the it just feels like the Star Wars that I grew up with, yeah. in like the best possible way, and I'm. Super, super excited to read more about people's hands-on and to there was hands-on at, at E3, yeah. I believe so. I'll yeah. uh, I'll double check. But I yeah, think there I'm, was too. I'm pretty and, sure there was. But I, and and to and to learn more about it, Brent. I'm super. I, I can't wait for this game. I'm super jazzed. Um, what about uh, what about Mass Effect Andromeda? Really, not a lot there. We got no. uh, we got I guess a, a cinematic teaser trailer. Uh, looks like you know it's probably in-game stuff. I I mean it didn't it didn't seem like. It didn't seem so over the top that it might not be uh, in engine cinematics. I don't know, but anyway, just a few details on that. What was your uh, What was your take? It was really. I mean, it, this is not. Although I wasn't ex- explicitly aware of Mass Effect Andromeda, yeah. it's no shock to me uh, that there's another Mass Effect game, and what was there wasn't enough to get me jazzed. Right. So uh, I, I'm eager to see more, but and I'm not certainly not disappointed or let down. Uh, it just kind of was like that makes sense. Another Mass Effect game. I'll be curious to see when they actually. Show me more. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I'm. I was talking to Tony about this last night, and he was asking, you know, like, how excited are you? And I said, you know, I'm not excited really yet. I, I want some more details and just kind of find out what direction they're going in. And you know, is it going to be more of a more of a role playing game, or is it gonna is it gonna be? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know I'm going to get shit for saying this, but you know, I. I I, I thought the series the, the series lost some of what I liked as it as it went on, and you know if it's just going to be like if it's going to be still moving in the direction past where Mass Effect Three was, I don't know I, I don't know how excited I'm going to be, but certainly certainly some of the the things they're talking about sound promising, but again more details. Uh, Mirror's Edge that, that it's been a really interesting and cool journey to see Mirror's Edge. Uh, kind of coming back to life. Uh, it was a really interesting game. Obviously, did not do so great, but now that uh, now that th- there's been a few years and a, and a lot of clamoring for it, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is uh, is officially on the roster, and uh, they're really kind of treating this, I guess, like a reboot uh, and trying to reintroduce the series. Which I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but I hope that all of the I hope that all of the hype and I hope that all of the the interest in the game. Is is realized in Mirror's Edge Catalyst because I'm I'm very happy that the that they are doing a follow up and hopefully it's going to pay off and and you know spawn a, a new series of games because there were some really really great gameplay ideas in that first title. There were and I and I really enjoyed the first title, Brent. I didn't I I thought it was um it left something on the table. I thought there was some unrealized potential there. Yeah, uh, and I'm hopeful that the new Mirror's Edge, um. Will will maybe will maybe be able to pick up some of the some of the opportunity that was missed in the first one. Uh, it looks fantastic in Frostbite. 
Um, I, I'm excited to see it. I, I mean, I don't think there's much question that I will be playing the game. Um, I, I want to see more of it. Uh, what about Unravel? You want to talk about that just a little? You bit? You know, I didn't see. I you please do, but I didn't. I didn't actually see uh, that part of the press conference, and I and I read about it, uh, but I haven't had a chance to watch the video, and it sounds interesting. You. I don't know how much I want to say about it because I really think you need to watch the video for it. But it it was very intriguing. I mean, it, it it certainly is one of those games that I think looks a lot more it looks a lot more simple than it is. And I think that the ideas that uh, that they're actually exploring in the game, sort of the thematic stuff that the game is designed to be about, is really intriguing. But you should you should go watch. I would encourage everybody to go watch the. Uh, the, the gameplay video that they showed at the conference or, or during the press event, I mean, uh, go check that out because it, it's it's one of those games that you're like, huh, that that seems like, oh, it, it seems like a, a 2D platformer. But I, I think that there's sort of deeper things going on there. Um, let's well, and certainly there's yarn, and I didn't get to play Kirby <laughs> Kirby's Epic Yarn, and I was pretty bummed about that. Yeah, your life has never been the same. Um, and then, and then you started in on yourself with the iron, but anyway, uh, <laughs> let's move on to Ubisoft and what we kind of referenced at the top of the show. Maybe one of my favorite moments from the entire show is the beginning of the Ubisoft press conference and the total surprise to me, uh, that we are getting a new South Park game. I mean, of all the things that Ubisoft could have done for us. Uh, this was not one I saw coming, and I could not, I mean, I could not have been happier. I was literally bouncing in my seat watching the uh, the trailer for this, and then obviously we saw Trey and Matt come out and talk a little bit about, you know, because they, they were, they famously kind of said, like, oh, we're never making another video game again. This is terrible. And they said, like, at the very end of the process, everything sort of clicked, and they're like, oh, man, like, we just... We sort of understand now, like how to make how to make a video game, how to make a good game, and well, damn it, now we're going to have to do another one so that we can exploit this newfound knowledge. But well, I mean, what did you think, man? I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, it's just just I, I might as well have just thrown my money at this at the computer screen. Yeah, unfortunately for me, and I'm really bummed about this, dude. Is that that I uh, again? I, there, there was the only press conference. There were two press conferences that I watched live. One of them was Sony, and I was able to watch that one beginning. That's the only conference I watched beginning to end. Yeah, um, and all of this is just a function of schedule. Uh, and the other one was some of the PC game one, uh, PC gaming one. But and I was got to it about halfway through. Yeah, um, and, and I'm really bummed that I I learned out I learned about this via um, the web. Yeah. And not the the reveal because That's I know bad. that I would have been absolutely freaking out. You'd have lost your uh, mind. And so I knew about it, and then I went back and watched it. And I watched. I, I actually, I think what I did was Google something like you know Ubisoft E3 pomp press conference afterwards, and I and and one of the top news posts was like Matt and Trey Parker, and I was like, wait, what? And so yeah. I knew what was happening, and then I watched a YouTube video, and it was it was, it was so, I, so that was the first thing I watched of the UB Presser dude, and it was super awkward. But I think Trey Parker comes out, and the first thing he says is like, "These first thing out of his mouth is, can I just say something? These microphones are fucking stupid." Yeah, is what he said. They did not. Like, they did not like their microphones. No, and you can see that. Like, and all I could think was like, you know, Aisha Tyler's there again. Who I love Aisha Tyler, but it just it's it's it's. Like that, she's the worst match for these press conferences. Actually, I thought this was the best year she'd ever done. Like honestly, oh, like, did she? Because I didn't watch it. I, I just I, like of all the Ubisoft pressers I've seen her do, and I think she's done four. This one, I I thought was was the best match. I thought that just her her whole kind of approach to it, and 
I, I just like like her enthusiasm seemed right about where it was kind of sincere without seeming like too much or whatever. But I have to say that this year I, I actually I didn't have any complaints about her this year. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But anyway, uh, dude, I couldn't. I couldn't. Are you kidding me? South Park was uh, was my game of the year, I believe, wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember that. I can't remember either, but I I I think it might have been. Um, I think it might have been. Somebody in the audience with a better memory than we have. It it was certainly in the running, but uh, dude, I'm so excited. And then I watched the trailer and I'm thinking like, okay, this looks very similar, but I don't really care. It's just more South Park and that's fine. Yeah. And And then he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wrong video game. We're superheroes this time. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And I never, like you said, Trey and Matt like swore up and down they would never do another video game. And so this was a huge surprise. And it, it, what, a, what an amazing, amazing surprise. I'm down for it, man. I'll take yep. it. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take keep, my money. And I'll keep taking it. I'm so There's happy. No question. Um, what did you think about The Division? We saw the Dark Zone gameplay, gameplay demo in quotes, because you know how they do these things. But anyway, um, what did you think about what did you think about the gameplay Ubisoft showed off of The Division? Yeah, I saw, I saw, you know, there's a lot of people who, uh, not a lot of people, but I saw a couple of people on Outlaw Gamers write, like, I couldn't be less interested in The Division anymore. Yeah. I'm done with it. I actually thought uh, it was, it, the gameplay was great. Uh, the the one you know, as you said to me prior to recording, Brendan, is I'm, I'm kind of sick of the canned gameplay demos, and I want to yeah. hear a little more hands on. I want to hear hands on from the show floor gameplay impressions. That's what. Yeah, I'm yeah, like. exactly. Um, but it still looks beautiful. I love the UI. I want to see more of it. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm less enthusiastic than I've been over the last two years, just because it, it's it, it's becoming laborious after two years. Yeah. Uh, to to I just I, I it's, it's no different than what we've seen. Honestly, the the piece that's different to me is, is is almost what I think is a bit of a mistake, and I think I think Ubisoft thinks it's a selling point. Is so you watch all this gameplay video; these guys don't shoot each other, whatever. Everybody works together, and then in the last minute, these people turn around and are like, "You know what? Screw you! I'm going to blow you up." And, and I thought to myself, like, that's exactly the kind of thing that makes me not want to play a game like this, right? Like, right. I, like. So so we don't kill each other. We decide to work together. And then you just decide to be a f- colossal fucking dick and and shoot me. And that's the kind of stuff that makes me not want to play games like this. And so I think that uh, that was um, uh, that was antithetical to me wanting to buy the game. And I don't think it's, it was a smart move on on um, uh, on Ubisoft's part. But other than that, I think the game looked like it's looked for uh, the last 12 months. And so. Which, I would like to see more, you know. I want or just give us the goddamn game. I, I'm kind of which we know, which we now know is is it's. I think it was March eighth. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's November fifth next year. Anyway, no, um, no, no, right, yeah, right. Uh, I, it's scheduled. They gave a date, March eighth, twenty sixteen. But we'll see. Anyway, um, I don't know. I'm kind of like you. I mean, I, I'm still really intrigued with the idea of what the division represents. I'm still really intrigued Me too. by the, the the gameplay potential, but I, I do have to say that. I, I guess I feel like I'm not going to invest myself emotionally in getting too excited right now. Yep. I am still really curious to see people's impressions, uh, people who don't work for Ubisoft, talking about the gameplay from the floor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. We saw some more of that. We saw a little bit. They kind of showed us, a, a, I guess, a story trailer for it where uh, they, you know, they're kind of trying to talk about how it fits into the 
into the the Rainbow Six mythos and all that. We found out that there's going to be a beta available for that on September 24th this year. Rainbow Six Siege still seems to be very, very polarizing among people. Uh, of all of all, all the people that I've personally spoken to about the show, I'm the only one who still finds something cool in that attack and defend gameplay mechanic that that Rainbow Six Siege is based around. Has anything changed for you based on what you saw? No, it hasn't. And and I the the game continues to to, to not be of interest to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I I'm saying this with a caveat that I could actually see myself ending up buying this game. Right. Because if all the guys that I play with end up buying it and are like, dude, it's so dope and it's what they're all playing, right. I could see myself maybe buying it and playing it with them. But um, uh, personally, no, there's nothing about this game that's appealing to me. What about uh, the game that Ubi closed the show with, which I have to say did get my attention, and I do really like a lot of the things they were talking about, and that was Ghost Recon Wildlands. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I've said it before in many games. I love a game that gives you uh, a goal, gives you tools, and says, okay, however you want to do it, go do it. And that was Ghost Recon Wildlands. That, that's, what it was, that's what it was all about. In this case, the, 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 the idea was to bust up a major cocaine distribution facility, uh, I don't know, a lab or whatever, and then take out... Uh, a, a, a white-hatted, bad, nefarious guy, a ruffian in a white cowboy hat. And we saw three different approaches in how to do that. We saw a like a strategic assault approach. We saw like a, a chaos-from-all-sides assault approach. We saw a stealth approach. Um, there, were, there were a lot of intriguing possibilities raised there. I'm very interested to find out more about the scope of the game and, and and what they have planned. But just based on the initial concept that they're pitching, they've got my interest, certainly. Well, and this is pretty pretty spot on for the Ghost Recon series in that regard, Brent. As you said, like giving you an objective, giving you tools and saying, okay, right. go at it how you want. But um, Hopefully it differs from the Ghost Recon series and that this game will actually come out. Well, <laughs> and let me be clear. I think it harkens back to the Ghost Recons of yore a little bit in that way. Uh, which were much more kind of along those lines, and and I'm I think the game looks beautiful, uh, and, and I I mean I, I loved that a lot of the older Ghost Recon games were, were exactly as you described they were whether it be a, a mansion or a compound or whatever that you had to infiltrate get something out of in some way and you could do it any way you wanted and yep. you could easily spend thirty minutes planning an attack. Um, I'm all for it. I, I love that kind of strategy. I agree, too. and I'm I'm very very much looking forward to seeing more on this game. That it was a pleasant surprise. I got to uh, thank Esteban for. Uh, I, I just stole that joke right up from under him. He he told that to me, and I, I laughed my head off. But anyway, <laughs> um, let's move on to the Sony press conference because, like you were talking about earlier, Microsoft and Sony really kind of swapped sides this year, and Sony was just like games, games, games. They talked a little bit about services with PlayStation View. They talked a little bit about Morpheus, but only a little bit, but it was mostly games, ball-to-the-wall games, and they started the press conference with everyone's favorite imaginary, not-so-much-anymore game, The Last Guardian, and we saw a, a gameplay demo for The Last Guardian, and um, I thought that it was it was pretty astonishing to see that open the show, and you could see or you could hear the anticipation in the audience as um, as you know guys saying, okay, so this this first game is it's 
you know, been really highly anticipated for years, and people have been, and like everybody's losing their minds because they all know what's coming. And sure enough, Last Guardian. Given that all of the, I guess it was 2009 when this game was first teased or something. Yeah, so when you and I were at E3 together. Given. Standing there, I remember standing there watching the trailer in astonishment. Given that it was six years ago that this thing was first showed off, um, what are your thoughts on it now, having having seen this gameplay demo? So, uh, I was disappointed, Brent. Okay. I, I, I was not... Um, I was not blown away by the fact that we were watching it, honestly, because um, when it started, I was like, yeah, okay, so let's just see now, six years later. Yeah. And when we started watching it, um, I, honestly, like I felt so, in the, in the first two minutes or whatever, after the Griffin door came out or whatever the hell it's called, after the Griffin came out. And, uh, um, that's, that's right. A bunch of British school tri- children wielding children, lost robes right. came pouring out of a giant door. After the Griffin thing came out, uh, in the first like 30 seconds after that, Brent, all I could think was, so you had that little boy yelling whatever the hell he was yelling. Yeah. And all I could think the whole time was, this is going to be the come the Jason meme. You're right, exactly. <laughs> right? Jason. Jay. I, I mean, I just was sitting there going, just shut the hell up, dude. Stop yelling the same thing over and over. And then it turned into, and, and it was like a series of these things. So then it turned, and that, so that was like slightly annoying. And then it turned into uh, really awkward, uh, what looked like awkward camera angles and difficult to control Camera angles. I mean, you could see, you could almost see him, see the person holding the the analog stick, swinging the camera around, and the camera compensating. And then, and, and then to top it off was these sort of like clunky movements. I thought, like it didn't feel fluid, and I didn't because of the whole Jason thing. Um, I, I didn't get. I did. I I got none of that sense of emotional companionship or ties that I got from that initial. Um, from the initial trailer we saw, and by the time it was done, I was bored. You know, the thing that I was thinking about in watching this is that uh, they're really going out of their way to not say too much about the story because they want to keep that under wraps because it's integral to the experience to, I, I guess, uh, experience it fresh. And they really are not talking about much of that, and it's difficult in a way to market the game like that because that's the thing I'm interested in. Like the, in, in theory, what you're going to be sold on is this unique emotional experience that going on this journey is going to give you. But if they can't really tease you on the emotional journey, then how do they get you to buy in? And the gameplay that they showed off, I really didn't understand what was like, what was the goal of what was trying to be accomplished? Like I remember thinking right. at one point when the kid jumps off of the bridge, uh, onto or, or the walkway onto like that smaller walkway with the track and there's like this big tower with wheels on it and he starts pushing it. I remember thinking like, what are you doing? Like this thing's going to like roll down to the end and it's just going to like crash off. Like, like what is the, what is the purpose? Uh, yeah, of, you're trying to get somewhere. You're, you're trying, trying to, to accomplish like- here. And I just like, I, I didn't understand what was, I didn't understand the goal of what we were seeing both literally in the gameplay, but also the goal of showing us. I mean, I understand the goal of showing the gameplay was to get us excited about the game, but I'm not sure that this was the best piece of footage they could have shown us to do that. Although I I I understand that just showing another cinematic trailer would have been maybe even a worse idea because people were like, Oh yeah, you can show us, you know, cinematic trailers for six years running. Yeah. 
doesn't mean that we've got to actually got a game on our hands. But anyway, no, no, I, I I agree, man, and I just think that like this, the the emotional piece of it, you're right, is what was has been so compelling about this game, and and um, I, I, those things that I described are the are the and, and what you're describing are the things that sort of like pull you out of like pull you out of the emotion and make you make the game aspects of it stick out. And for a game like this, I don't think you want to highlight the game mechanics. I think you want to highlight the emotional connection. And even in the absence of divulging story, I think they still might be able to do a better job of that. And instead what they showed me is like how some of these like not quite polished things that are super gamey are going to pull me out of that. And so I wasn't, I, 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 I'm, it wasn't compelling at all to me. So, Let's move on to <laughs> you want to talk about a moment that brought the house down. You want to talk about a moment that has been a decade uh, a decade plus in the making when they started talking Final Fantasy shit, and I, the first thing they showed off was that world of Final Fantasy, and then like, oh, but we got something else that we're cooking up, and they start showing that cinematic trailer. And then you start hearing the music kick in, and you're just like, like, shut up. Like, no, come on. Not really. Not really. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's Final Fantasy VII. And you get down to the end of that trailer, and it's like, remake. Like, big, big letters, big, big sound, Final Fantasy VII remake. And that entire building lost their minds. And it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't even really understand 100%, Brent. This is one that was lost on me, honestly, because never I've never FF7? played a Final Fantasy game. Oh, I've never man. played any Final Fantasy games. And so are they remaking the entire, like, it, it, they're, re, they're remaking the whole game? They're remaking Final Fantasy VII. From, from the ground up. They're not, they're like st- basically starting over. They're making the same story, same mechanics, but they're going to just remake the whole game. That, that's, that's, my, that's my impression. Although they may have clarified some of this in interviews and so forth that I haven't had a chance to read yet. Uh, so there may be some more details floating around, but yes, they, they are remaking the game using the, the story and everything, but I, I'm sure they're going to be using one of their modern game engines and graphics and so forth. But I mean, th- like this is, this is perhaps the most beloved video game of all time. Like this is definitely, yeah, and I understand that. I mean, that it's considered uh, the greatest final fantasy of all time. And- I mean, this is it. I, and like people have been clamoring for this for, Decades, or it has been decades, plural, but because you know, the game only came out like what was it, fifteen, sixteen years ago? Anyway, yeah, I, I totally it get it. It's just one of those things. Like I felt like I was like the kid outside, looking in the window with my lower lip, like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you guys are all having fun. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't get what's going on right now. Uh, I get that it's cool, and I get that I'm not a part of it. Yeah, you, you can't. I don't think you can overemphasize how what a big fucking deal that was. Um Anyway, so yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. I believe, they said this is going to come first to... It's coming first to PlayStation 4, but it's not going to be exclusive to PlayStation 4. Um, something that will be exclusive to PlayStation 4... Actually, kind of an interesting thing with this is the, the new title from Guerrilla Games. When they initially introduced uh, Hellman... Wow, what is his last name? Like, Hertz? Hunst? I can't remember his last name. Anyway, uh, the, guy, the guy that runs Guerrilla Games... Yep. When they initially announced him and he came on stage, I, I was kind of cringing a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I really don't need another kill zone game. I, I would be totally fine without another kill zone game. And so when he came out and started talking about it's a rare thing for a successful developer to get the chance to create a new franchise, suddenly I got interested. 
And so what we saw was a a trailer with presumably some some gameplay. Certainly it's being represented as gameplay for a game called Horizon Zero Down, which I kind of took my takeaway from this is kind of like, huh, that that's interesting. It's it's almost it's almost like building off the idea of enslaved Odyssey to the West. It is a distant future post-apocalyptic sort of scenario where the, the, the civilization that we are a part of now has long since faded and nature is taking back over. But there is a man versus machine component to, to this conflict that is occurring. Uh, there are sentient machines roaming. We see these, these animal-like machines, almost like, uh, like dinosaurs. Uh, I mean, certainly on that scale, you know, like, like the main, the main uh, battle that takes place is, between what I presume is the lead character of the game, a, a redheaded woman with a with a a bow made out of used car parts and a large uh, Dinobot, and then there were uh, like kind of a herd of smaller Dinobots earlier in the trailer. So I'm very intrigued by the scenario. Uh, third person gameplay looked looked cool. There could definitely be some fun there, but this was definitely one that got my attention. Uh, and, and I'm glad to see something different coming from Gorilla. I, I agree, Brent. This this is one of the highlights of the show for me, honestly. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, on, so I first, <laughs> so my first thought as this was unveiling uh, or as it began playing uh, was Turok. Yes, uh, I was thinking Turok too. <laughs> and I would love, I want another Turok game. Right. I want might be a it. Turok game. Um and so I am super intrigued by this. It is, you know, for those of you that haven't seen the trailer yet, go watch the trailer. But uh, I, so I want to clarify that post-apocalyptic in this case is very, 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 very far. It's like a thousand years post-apocalypse, yeah. Yeah. not what we consider to be this sort of like gray, dreary, um, immediately post-apocalyptic world. This is many, many uh, hundreds of thousand years after an apocalypse where the humans, as Brent said, are not a dominant species anymore. Um, but it's still, it's a very bright color palette. I love the sort of Turok feel to it, even though the dinosaurs are not um, natural dinosaurs, but they're machines. This was, this, it just felt very different to me, Brent. I love that the protagonist, and I'm not, I, I'm not, this, this isn't something I like look for in a game, but I love that the protagonist is female. Um, she was badass. Yep. Um, I, I love the bow and arrow this year. You know, I, I mean, between like Dishonored Two and uh, and the, the the twin sister that was introduced for Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. Yep. There definitely seemed to be like I, I noticed a lot of female protagonists being uh, uh, being put at the forefront of, of a lot of these trailers. Yeah, which is great. And I, th- I thought this character was badass, and, and it makes it. The, the reason I like it is because it's different, right? And this is what I liked about this. It was felt different than everything else at the uh, at the gate at the show this year. Um, and the female protagonist uh, feels different because it doesn't feel like yet another sort of stereotypical male protagonist. So everything about this feels different. And I was I'm very excited about this. I didn't love. I was bored with Killzone too. Yeah. Killzone also. Um, uh, I, I liked Killzone too a lot. I thought the the multi you know the Killzone team did amazing stuff with the multiplayer. Uh, which which um, makes me feel good about this this project in particular. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited to see more about this. I didn't. I played Killzone Shadowfall, didn't love it at all. Got bored, stopped playing it after just a few hours. Right. Um, and I, I'm hoping that's not the case with this. It's a very talented team, uh, and this this is a very intriguing IP. And I loved 
how a big part of the opening of that game trailer was about setting up the world and the story. Mm-hmm. And it felt like I was getting drawn into that world and the story, and it wasn't about the crazy gameplay. And then the gameplay came about, and it was super fun and interesting to watch. And so I'm, this was one of the highlights of the show for me. Yeah, it, to me, like a real... I was thinking Shadow of Mordor, you know, and, and of course, obviously that that that's got Assassin's Creed overtones as well. But just that, it seems like you got a big open world. You're sneaking through. There's going to be opportunistic things that kind of come along, things that find you sneaking through the tall grass towards the Dinobots and all all that. Uh, there was a lot there for me to get interested in. Also, one thing Indeed. that we did not see any any actual gameplay for. We saw an extended trailer and. We certainly got a lot of talk about what they have plans for, but something that I'm interested to hear more about is Hitman. And IO Interactive said a couple of things about Hitman. Obviously, all of the the, the things are going to be there that you expect to be in a Hitman game, but some of the things they said that really caught my attention uh, was this talk of a a persistent game world that's going to grow as time goes on. As more and more things are added to it, the world will become more dense, and there'll be more and more there'll be more and more things to things to do, more contracts and and so forth. And I'm very intrigued by that. Now, now to be clear, they're not talking about some sort of uh, Grand Theft Auto esque vast open world. That that's not what they're saying. But they're simply talking about. I, I think almost maybe like episodic content in a way. They're, they're talking about th- this game being like an ongoing experience as opposed to a game that gets released and then everybody plays. They're talking about this new Hitman being almost more of almost more of like a service model or something. I, I mean, this is my speculation. This is not what they said, but what they're talking about sounds to me an awful lot like you're going to get the initial content to play but they are saying there's going to just be like constant regular updates to that uh, to that gameplay experience that you're going to be able to take advantage of, and I'm very interested in that as an idea. I I I like the idea of of a game that well, I, like honestly, like Star Wars Commander, like Star Wars Commander is like forever coming up with like these tournaments and these these challenge modes and things like that to get you back into the game. It's like, oh crap, I got you know they just they threw in a bunch of new stuff and. There's a, a tournament this weekend. I got to get back in there and play. I find that to be a really effective thing, and I'm I'm curious to see a AAA game do something more along that model, as opposed to just map packs and DLC like like they normally do. I'm curious to see if this is going to be a different experience from that. Yeah, this one this one for me, Brent. Like this one has to do a lot more work to convince me. I wasn't very impressed with the last Hitman game. Um, I, I've played the previous Hitman games, the early ones. I enjoyed them. I wasn't insane about them the way I think a lot of people are, which is totally understandable. It just at the time wasn't my bag. But um, And so I feel like they have to do a lot of work for me. And honestly, it's weird because that the, the sort of model... So I thought more of Destiny uh, than, say, Star Wars Commander with that ongoing content model. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. The ongoing content model... And because I thought of Destiny... You didn't um, think good things. Well, right. I mean, the ongoing content model is uh, if you if you're in love with the IP, uh, so and the game, and it's like say say it was Batman, for example, or Uncharted, or something that you're just totally in love with, and what they're putting out is super compelling. Yep. Then it's it's just fucking awesome. But if you're not, it feels like a cash grab, um, and so and just a way to extend. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I, uh, I guess I can I can see your point. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever. I, I, I mean, I feel that way about it, but. I get what, I oh, get what you're saying. It, right. And it, it doesn't it doesn't do anything to like it, it that's not a if if 
if you had told me that we're going to, if, if Naughty Dog came out and said they're going to keep the, extending the story with six hour, um, you know, six more hours of single player campaign missions over the course of a year, I'd be like, that's incredible because Uncharted is the greatest game yeah. ever and I love it. Um, Hitman, because I'm sort of not all that impressed uh, with the game itself, the addition of that year of content, and I think that's what they're saying is through 2016. Yeah. Um, the addition of that year of content is utterly meaningless. Um, and so it, I need to be convinced about the game first. Right. It was an intriguing trailer, but yeah. I just haven't been impressed with the IP as of late. And so I, there's just, I need more convincing. I will, uh, I'll be curious to see, I'll be curious to see some actual gameplay from this and, and see yep. what, what actually comes of it. I like the idea of it, but whether or not I actually like the game remains to be seen. Right. Uh, one thing that... Just give us the just, game. Just, just, give, just, just, give, just us give us the, the goddamn game. No Man's Sky was really, on Sean? stage at, at uh, Sony's press event. And that looks so good. I, I want this game so bad. They did not announce a release date at E3. And <laughs> Although they said they're going to... He said we'll he said announce very one soon. soon. He said very yes. soon. And he didn't say what the reason was. He kind of started to, uh, during his interview at the PC gaming show... But he didn't actually go into the reason, but he just he said that they're going to announce a release date soon. What they what they showed at the uh, at the E3 press conference, I believe they described as alpha gameplay. And the the thing for me is it is such a simple sort of idea. But I remember when he he used the, the you know the warp drive in his ship and he goes to this different star, uh, this distant star, excuse me, and there's a planet. You come out of warp, and there's a planet underneath, underneath you. And I was looking at that planet. You can see these continents and everything, and you know the, the oceans and so forth. And I, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you know, if you just pointed your ship down at that planet and just hit the accelerator, you could go right down to the surface, and you could land in some forest, and there's probably some herd of elephant or something like that wandering around that you could take pictures of or you know, something like that. And then he points the ship at the planet, and he just just descends goes right through the atmosphere and then suddenly you're over the continent then suddenly you're you're even closer to the land you're over this field and he lands and uh and he hops out and starts wandering around and just that that the concept of that experience of you're you're wandering around this planet and there's a beacon over here and you can do something with that but you're also kind of getting menaced by these robot sentries but at any time, you can go back and hop in your ship, take off from the surface, go up into orbit, out into the solar system, and there is an entire universe of planets out there just like this one. It's, I want that experience so badly. And, uh, and I, I just, I just want to know when we're going to get it. I just want to know... I just want to know when the game's coming out so I can gauge how excited to let myself get at this point. Because I'm, I'm holding back right now because I'm afraid it's going to be like 2017. Yeah, I don't. You, no, really? You think so? No, I, th- that's kind of my worst case scenario. No, I, I don't think, think it, so. I think it's next I, year. I, I, I actually would be surprised if it's not first quarter next year. Um, honestly, because I think they're so so close. But may, I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, th- I have nothing else to say about this game, Brent. The game looks phenomenal. They keep showing it at every E3, and I keep wanting to play it more every time I see it. Although they don't keep showing anything new, they're they're really not showing much new. I mean. They just keep saying the same thing over and over, which is, look how amazingly large this is. Other people may have never even seen this planet. Yeah. There's, it's procedural generally. And I'm like, okay, yep, yep, uh-huh, yep. Here, I, seriously, I will send you the money now. Right. Save yourself some time. 
just like shut up and you know, like stuff it in their mouth. Yeah, totally. Now, so, one thing um, that we do need to say on this that uh, that Sean did reveal during the PC gaming show is he confirmed that No Man's Sky is coming out day and date for PS4 and for PC. Yes, and they didn't, which is great. They didn't talk about any other platforms yet, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, which is great news. I, I mean, I will likely, at the, I guess, get it on the PC. I, I, I probably would as well. Yeah. Uh, saw a little bit from Firewatch during the Sony yeah, press conference, and yeah, well, you, go ahead. You, you go first. Nothing. Again, I continue to be intrigued by this game. I, I find this to be a very what we've seen so far. I find this game very intriguing. That's that's the exact uh, word. Yeah, I, I mean, I need to see more. I'm not ready to plop down my money right now. I'm about but, ready to plop down my money. But I find it very intriguing. I love the banter. I love the look. I love the aesthetic, the art direction, the feel of the game. I love I, the I'm intrigue. I love the yeah. intrigue, the, the yep. mystery, you know? Yeah, I just, I want to, I just I want to see more of it. And I, I want to know, uh, I would love a better idea of when it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. I love that, that gameplay, that 20 minutes of gameplay or so that we talked about on the show, I don't know, a month or two ago. Yep. I li- I loved that and I loved this the, the the whole thing with hey this this phone line's been cut what you're not back in your tower no who is just I, I mean it in a game that presents so much of what you're experiencing as mundane given that that is sort of the baseline those simple little things create such a sense of tension and uh, and anxiety I, I I find it like so deliciously creepy and and just the mystery of it and everything I'm I'm very, very excited to see more of this game. Very briefly, I'm going to just mention Ronin. That was one of the games that was shown off during that uh, Devolver Digital sizzle reel. I thought Ronin looked really interesting. To me, it looked like a mashup of uh, of uh, Mark of the Ninja and uh, Gunpoint. A lot of, uh, of cool-looking kinds of gameplay. I, that's one of those yep. things I'm going to be looking to get some more details, maybe some more gameplay of uh, this week. Uh, what about Dream from, from Telltale? Or telltale games from media uh, molecule Molecule, excuse me yeah uh continues to look awesome i think it's i I love i I love games like this games like journey you know i mean obviously uh i I love media molecules previous titles although i haven't played tearaway but it looks awesome um so I, i love the fact that they're essentially trying to create a video game that replicates the emotional experience of dreaming um i just think that's fucking just saying that out loud is like that's awesome that, <laughs> that that anybody is doing that. Let alone such a, a well-established, talented company right. as um, as Media Molecule. And the idea, of course, that like you're going to get to play everybody else's dreams. I, it's just it's awesome. It wasn't enough for me. I want to see more. I want to know more about how it plays out as a game, uh, and more about um, uh, what the creation tools look like and all of that stuff. But yes. I, it's it's. Home run. I want to see more. Yeah, I want to see more, too. I, I'm very curious, and it's a it's a riveting sort of concept for a game. I, I'm, I find, I, I just found myself kind of flabbergasted, like, wow, what, a, what an amazing endeavor to even attempt, you know? Uh, right, to recreate the experience of dreaming? Yeah, because, like, that in and of itself is almost, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't even know where I would start, you know? Right. First, I'd create a giant Bigfoot, and then, uh, anyway, <laughs> so one, one of these days, I'll tell you the story about the, the one reoccurring dream that, uh, that I've had throughout my life, uh, and it's got Sasquatch in it. But anyway, I thought one of the, speaking of big things, uh, nice segue into Black Ops 3, new, uh, new Call of Duty showing up on Sony stage and finding out that 
the the Call of Duty franchise and all of the exclusive first on content, the map packs and everything coming first now to Sony's PlayStation 4. A pretty big coup, uh, considering that that entire model was basically invented on Microsoft consoles. And uh, I was pretty, I was pretty surprised. I was pretty surprised that uh, that that happened. Now, Tony, I was talking to him about this last night, and he was very, um, he was not as impressed. He, he kind of thought, you know, I mean, people seem like they're finally starting to lose interest in Call of Duty. Like sales are kind of dipping the last two games, and you know, Microsoft probably didn't even want it. I don't know if that's the case or not. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm if I'm going that far with it, but I concede his point that perhaps it is not quite as important as it once was. But nonetheless, it was still a pretty big surprise to see the new Call of Duty debut on Sony stage and, and find out about the uh, the various map pack plans and all that. Uh, what, what did you think, Lauren? Any thoughts on this? I was more in the camp of Tony. When I, when I saw this sort of start to happen, um, my take on it, at least, at least was, and I have no idea what the reality is behind the scenes, but my take on it was kind of like, oh, Microsoft didn't want it anymore, and now Sony's scooping it up and presenting it as a, uh, you know, as this big coup. And, and yeah, I'm sure they're still going to make a ton of money off of it or whatever, but it just didn't seem like a big deal to me at all. Gotcha. Something yeah. that didn't seem like a big deal at all to Sony was Morpheus. Where the yes. fuck was Morpheus? Uh, yes. They barely mentioned it during their press conference. And frankly, I was I was actually kind of stunned because with all of the the momentum for VR, and if you watch the Oculus press conference, and if you watched the uh, and if you watch the PC gaming show, VR is on a lot of people's minds as we get closer and closer to actual seeing or actually seeing retail units in the hands of consumers. And Morpheus is supposed to be out later this year, right? Uh, I, I I don't know that honestly. I thought Brent. that it was, but uh, I'll, I'll double check. I don't I don't I don't think there's a release date for Morpheus yet. Okay. No. Anyway, but whenever Morpheus is supposed to come out, I guess that I'm thinking. I guess what that what I'm thinking is that Sony at this point is going to have to. They're going to have to have like an entire. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I see here. Uh, 2016 so it's not until next year so maybe that's why they didn't make such a big deal about it this year i was under the impression it was coming out later this year and i was like how are you not how are you not selling the bejesus out of this thing but if it's not coming out until next year then maybe it's maybe it's a smarter idea to not get uh get people all excited about it and then hurry up and wait but i was surprised they didn't do more with morpheus at their press conference yeah, I was too, uh, and it's unfortunate. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen more, but they, they, again, they focused really heavily on the games themselves yeah. and talked about non-gaming things very little. And one of the things they did talk about that I thought was interesting was PlayStation View. Yeah, um, I, I want to know more about details, but they and, and I'm I'm actually a little surprised they didn't make a bigger deal out of because if what they were saying is what's actually happening, no, it was a big deal. It, it, like if that they're becoming like the first real service to offer you a la carte channels i would love to have playstation view it's not available for me i would love to have playstation view like when you actually look at the price model and like the content that they have right now it's pretty compelling what makes it is, is it a regional thing uh yeah i think it's only available in select cities right well they, they announced it was going to be like in la and san francisco i think oh that's right it's three cities right but now it's, or it's, then they're adding two more cities yeah but then i got I, I didn't really actually to be honest with you totally understand that like i i i 
so and, and then is it going to go nationwide at some point I hope. in the near future i hope because I, I mean it's it's a great i think it's a great value like in terms of like what i watch on television pretty much everything that i would want out of a tv package is there on playstation view it's like 60 bucks a month and it's not it's i mean it, it's kind of like this bizarre cloud dvr sort of thing where it's not quite on demand in the way that you'd think of through like netflix or something like that but you basically have this cloud DVR that that just records programs, and so you go back later and stream the programs down from the cloud. But they have the commercials and everything intact from the original broadcast. Yeah, so I was just pulled up something to read, Brent, and this is, part was confusing to me too. Like when it launched, it says something about like when they launch, only Machinima, Showtime, and Fox Soccer will be available. Mm. A la carte. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Every, everything else is uh, everything else is like the is like bundled. Right, it's like, right. you know, you pay this rate and you get these 30 channels. Right, yeah. Yeah, or, so you know, whatever I, the, the details are fuzzy, but I think it's interesting. And so those were the two things I kind of talked about uh, that weren't games. Yeah. Uh, but then they jump back into the games and we got Battlefront uh, again, again and <laughs> never too much Battlefront. You know, now one thing, that's, one thing that is interesting to note is that both at the EA press conference where they showed the Hoth level and then at the Sony press conference where they showed the not Tatooine level, Yes. In both cases, they pointed out that those gameplay sessions were recorded directly off of PlayStation 4. Yes. Yep. Uh, so And looking incredible. And looking really good. Frostbite looks really good on the PlayStation 4. Which is why 4. I cannot wait to play it on PC. Exactly. Uh, although, you know, you say that, and, you know, look what happened to the last PC game that DICE did. But anyway. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I... Uh, I thought I thought it looked fantastic. I love the survival mode that we saw in in the uh, the Sony press event for Battlefront. Similar to the moment I was talking about in Hoth, where you like look up and you see the ad at right above you. There was a moment in this where uh, they're really kind of starting to throw the, everything in the kitchen sink at you. The ATSDs are coming out and the heavy troopers and so forth. And there's a moment where. Somebody just kind of turns around. There's a bunch of people coming down the canyon at him, and they're floating in the background, just hovering in very low orbit. Is that Star Destroyer? And I don't know, just something about that, like really, really captured my imagination. I, I just, I, I just thought I want to play. I, I want to have that experience. I want to play this so badly. And I thought that the the, the music score from John Williams was used so perfectly. Uh, throughout the demo, I, I'm, I mean, I'm sold on this game. I'm really, really excited for Battlefront. Officially. I am too. I, I am too, Brent. Absolutely. Um, so a couple more games in the Sony, in the Sony press and conference, ones. both of which are big. Although, again, this was uh, the announcement of Shenmue 3 is something that I was sort of the guy on the outside. I never played Shenmue 1 or 2. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but to me, Shinmu's, but they announced uh, Shinmu's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and I and I know that it just wasn't to me, and so, um, but they announced the Kickstarter, Brent. They were asking for two million dollars, and they I think within like, twenty four hours, they were two and a half million dollars. I think they had it the next morning. I think they had. Yeah, two, and there's definitely. I was the reading morning. articles about how Sony is also paying for a lot of this game, and so I don't uh-huh. understand. I would really like to know the intricacies of that relationship because they sure made it seem. Like, uh, um, hey, we need you to make this game, and you need to sort of prove to us that you want this game made, and we need $2 million to do it. But I've been doing some reading in, that intimates that Sony is also putting up a lot of money, and, and I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that. Um, I, I, but it's not divulged in the Kickstarter. It doesn't say that. Like, 
It doesn't, as far as I know. So I would like to know more about it. But they, but they made their money immediately. The game's getting made, no question. Yep. Uh, and I think it's great for those of you that are super excited about it. Shinmu is one of those games that casts a long shadow. I mean, you know, you talk about there's a lot of people that really bemoan uh, the, the the Dreamcast and, and the demise of Sega as a console manufacturer and and what a good console the Dreamcast really was. And Shinmu was one of its all star titles, if not the. I mean, you know, Shinmu is is like the 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 title that people point to as as being truly amazing on the Dreamcast and. Almost everybody that I know that had a Dreamcast loved that game. and uh, Yeah, I want to know if I'm going to be able to, to play the game not knowing the first two Shenmue's. Um, yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully somebody will come up with some way for you to address that problem. Yeah, I mean, because that's a very story... Like, they, they were... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, like, that's a very story-driven game, and, and it's, they, they were emphasizing the fact that this is a continuation of that story. Yeah, that, that's very true. Yeah. Speaking of the continuation oh, of the story, God, dude. Sony closed the press conference. Awkward moment. The only awkward moment. You know, I said the exact same thing, and Esteban says something to me that I thought was very wise. He said, "No, no, it was great because now you know what you saw was definitely gameplay <laughs> because it crashed the first time they tried to run." It. I'm like, you know, that's actually a good point. Uh, that's true. Yes, it was definitely a gameplay demo. It was not a pre-rendered nothing because uh, they had to restart the thing. Yep. But uh, despite that early hiccup, Uncharted 4 looked fucking incredible. Oh my god, it looks so good, Brent. It looked like everything I loved about Uncharted 2. Uh, yeah, it was, it was Drake and Sully and a downhill slope and a giant armored truck and a beat-to-shit 4x4 and good luck, see you later. That's what it was. It was it was a really epic gameplay. I mean, you talk about, okay, like The Last Guardian. It's, it's like, you know, show me gameplay that's going to get me excited for the game. Uncharted 4 knew what, uh, they knew what to do with that. Yeah, dude, it looks so good. I, 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 I have to be honest with you, Brent. I shouldn't say this to our listeners because I tell people not to do this, but I tried not to do it, Brent, and I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. You pre-ordered, didn't you? I, no, I pre-ordered the Uncharted collection. Oh, you got the, like, the HD thing? Yes, for the PS4. Well, I, don't think, I, I, I don't think that's such a... I mean, because yeah, you've already got those games. I mean, you know what you're getting there. You know, I don't have them anymore, and that's why I pre-ordered it, because I thought to myself, I don't give a shit if it's not any better than the last ones. I just want to have them in my library. Yeah. And I don't currently have them in my library I'm, anymore, because I, I sold my PS3, so I pre-ordered it. And I, I just... I love these games so much, Brent. And, and this got me so fucking excited to play Uncharted 4, and I'm so pissed it got pushed into 2016. I am too, but... Uh, uh, there's plenty of stuff coming out this year that is going to keep us busy. There definitely and is, but oh, be, man, that's it the thing good. It's coming out early 2016, so it'll be good. It'll be like in that early part of the year where you got lots of time to play it. Yeah, I, I hope so. Man. It looked it looked incredible. So I think we're just about wrapping up here, but we'll just talk a little bit about some of the press conferences from the next day. Um, I, I I won't make you sit through Nintendo because I know you don't really care about Nintendo. And well, honestly, Brent, I, and I didn't. This isn't. I I try and watch Nintendo at least some of it and read up on it every E three because I know it's important to our listeners and and I do want to um, at least talk about it. But I just simply I did not have time to watch it, and I, so I didn't see any of the Nintendo digital event. They're really I, they didn't do much. I mean, even even big Nintendo fans that I'm friends with, like Tony, like Esteban, they were both kind of, eh, Nintendo didn't do much. So Really? Um, yeah. Well, good. Then I don't feel quite as guilty <laughs> for failing you people. I'm sorry. Square Enix, they held a very low-key press event. I mean, it was like, it was a small theater with a podium, 
and people came to the podium and said things and you know that they showed some gameplay and stuff like that but i mean it was really by comparison even to even to ea or ubisoft it was i mean okay i'll put it this way it made the pc gaming show seem exciting that's that's what the square enix event was whoa Really? But what they showed was actually kind of cool. They showed Just Cause 3, which is oh. fucking awesome. Oh, my God. It looked good. They talked about the Final Fantasy VII remake is also coming to iOS, which I'm very excited That's about. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They talked about uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. We saw we saw yep. more from that, which is fucking awesome. Yep. And they talked about a new entry in the Go series. You know, They talked about Hitman Go, and then Hitman Sniper just came out, uh, which is you know kind of the successor to that. Not really a sequel, because it's a different kind of gameplay. But they talked about a new game called Laura Croft Go, uh, which is the next sort of iteration of that uh, uh, of that that series of mobile games. They showed some gameplay from that, and it looks very interesting. I'm very curious about that. I, I having had such a great experience with Hitman Go, and having heard good things about Hitman Sniper, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with with Laura Croft in that sort of form factor. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was interesting to see as well. Uh, for me, uh, what, what I didn't again, I didn't watch the presser as a presser. But yeah. what would have been the highlight of that presser for me, and is one of the highlights of the show uh, of E3, is Just Cause Three. I'm super, uh, super excited. It's it funny because they literally, what did you say? It, it was, was epic. epic. Yeah, I mean they they literally just were like, we, we guys essentially we listened to what you said, we listened to what you said, and we made shit more blow upable. Yeah. And more fun to play with. But I do want to say, Brent, uh, uh, one of the things I was thinking as I was watching the gameplay video of Just Cause 3 is, you know, ga- games have strengths, right? Certain games have, have strengths that are around their story. Certain games have strengths around um, gameplay. I mean, Super Meat Boy comes to mind. Certain, certain games uh, have strengths around maybe a little bit of a combination of both or the open world aspect of it or whatever. And I, But I think one thing that is underrated in gaming uh, is how compelling really well done motion uh within the game is yeah. uh um, mo- how you move through the game and how much fun that can be and how how far that can take you in keeping a compelling experience um and uh you know games like sunset overdrive uh is uh, you know i think about games like saints row 4 where mm-hmm. um you know you're able to leap and fly through the games uh is, is it's just super compelling and just the the fun doesn't stop and and just cause 2 had that uh, but it, but they, it had that in spades, and they've really uh, looked to improve upon that, Brent. And and with between the wingsuit, making more stable parachute, uh, multiple grapples, uh, you will be able to fly and maneuver throughout the game world uh, in, in the ways you couldn't just cause two, but even better. Uh, and and I can't I can't say enough about how compelling an experience it is to move through a game world like that and to just. Uh, and how compelling it was in Just Cause 2. And I love the fact that they basically said, okay, we heard you. You want to grapple things together. We get it. You want to be able to grapple a helicopter to a truck uh, and create a wrecking ball. No you want to be able to fly through the air longer and more stable. Here's a wingsuit. So you can, here's a wingsuit, and we'll stabilize the parachute so you can actually fight from the, from the parachute in even better. Or you can move through the world. I mean, you could stay aloft forever by... Just parachuting at a, uh, having your parachute open at a low level and using the grapple hook to like pull you down a street kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, they, they basically just said, we get it. We, we heard everything you want and we're going to do all of that. Um, and, I, and I think it just looks awesome. It did. Uh, there was absolutely, I got nothing to add to it. I agree 100%. Um, here at the very end, let's just talk briefly about the PC gaming show. There were, it was a very different kind of vibe. And, and I think that was probably by design. And 
I don't know that. I think for what they, I think for what they intended to do, I think that they succeeded. They did it as sort of a late night talk show style uh, presentation where you know they've got a host behind a desk. People come out sitting on, sit on the couch and they talk. And in so far as as that goes, I think it went fine. I think they had some good interviews. We found out some interesting details, and I thought I thought some really good questions were asked. They did show off some trailers. They showed off some gameplay. They had several demos, and um, and insofar as what they were attempted to do, I do think that they succeeded. Having said that, when you can when you look at any of the other press events from E three, it was. It was markedly more low key. It, it, it was it was very conspicuously different. Maybe that was what they were going for. Maybe they really wanted to stand apart. They certainly did, but I I wouldn't blame people for thinking that it, it was a little bit on the boring side. Unless you were just really really hyper into uh into into the specific things that you were getting details on. Uh, there was a lot. Th- I mean, there was a lot there that frankly was like ah, I don't really care about these games, and I'll tune out for fifteen minutes until the next guest or whatever. Yeah, you know, so so I came to this about halfway through, as I mentioned, Brent, and I watched it. And I have to say I walked away disappointed. Uh, and there's a couple things that disappointed me in particular. Number one, I, 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 I was a little disappointed by the games that I saw, uh, only in the, at least in the second half. There were um, certainly PC games and certainly big games on PC, um, like uh, games like Diablo, games from Bohemia and Tripwire and... Um, uh, Starcraft and um, but they were all of the they, it felt like all of the games that were PC exclusives only or or super designed to be on the PC yeah. it, it felt a little weird um, I would have liked to have heard more about um, you know games like The Witcher or that that are cross platform and talk about how that and I know The Witcher I mean it does not appropriate that The Witcher be talked about there I mean I know No Man's Sky was there which is going to be on two platforms but they were kind of there because it was a big deal that they were coming to the PC um but I felt like uh, I would have liked to have seen more representation from companies that are building games for the PC that aren't exclusively on the PC, as if being a PC gamer is only I mean, relevant if it's, if it's exclusive, if, if that makes sense. If you're sense. doing a PC gaming event, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I fully, I don't, I don't know that I fully get like how it would make sense for them to not focus on, on PC things. I mean, I think like it's... No, I mean, I think it's important, but it's not... Is, you know, well, certainly, Here's but what you, you get from our you, platform, you don't get anywhere else. So, but so, Sony and Microsoft certainly don't only talk about exclusives uh, in their press conferences, and so I think right. it would have been valuable to recognize to say, like, hey, this is just as you know. There's a reason Black Ops wants to talk about gaming on our platform. There's a reason that um, The Witcher wants to talk about gaming on our platform, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Okay, like, I get, you, I get what you're saying now. Certainly, these other you know Assassin's Creed like wants to come and talk on our platform. Um, so that's one thing. And, 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 Ubisoft and for would me, have been yeah, well, off stage, right? Yes. Well, and and part of it also is that I don't I play I play a PC on PC frequently and sometimes exclusively for months and months and months on end. But I don't play StarCraft. I don't play I don't play uh, World of Warcraft. Right. And that's what you know, I'm saying. I don't play like, Arma Three. There were, there were specific so, things so, I got into that I didn't care about, but. There are plenty of things to talk about that I did care about. Uh, the other piece of it that I thought was a little odd, Brent, and tell me if you think I don't know if I don't know if it's odd that I feel this was odd, okay. but but I, it felt odd to me that the PC gaming show was sponsored uh, by first most cons- weird to me was AMD that AMD was sponsoring it because um, you essentially excluded Nvidia and Nvidia in doing that and Nvidia is a 
huge part of PC gaming. Um, yep. And it, what's yeah, that? Yeah, you're, you're right about that. Yeah, it's, it just, it seems, that seems very weird to me. And also to be sponsored by, like, again, sponsored by games like, uh, gaming, excuse me, gaming companies like Bohemia Interactive and Tripwire. Um, it seems weird to have these companies sponsoring. It would be like saying Ubisoft sponsoring the Sony press conference. And so you hear more about Ubisoft. Well, obviously, you know, PC gaming is, I, I don't necessarily find it all that different in the sense that, you know, Sony is a, is a gaming hardware company. I mean, obviously they, they have developers and they do first party titles and so forth, but you know, the, the difference between Sony making consoles and AMD making video cards and both companies essentially having a press conference. I, I guess I don't, I don't find it that I don't find it that alarming. I, I mean, given everything that E three is is marketing, everything about E three is trying to get people excited to spend money. And if AMD has suddenly had the great idea that hey, you know, even though PC gaming doesn't have you know sort of like a central piece of hardware in the way the console does, we're as central a piece of hardware as PC gaming is likely to have us in Nvidia. Why don't we do a fucking PC? event at e3 i it it, i don't know i I did not think of it in those terms it didn't it didn't bother me that 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 was happening it's conspicuous certainly but that's not to say that nvidia can't follow up next year and do their own fucking thing yeah but that's the thing so it just seems it's so it's written on their website amd presents pc gaming show powered by pc gamer Uh like so I understand that PC gamer maybe doesn't want to take on the whole financial responsibility, but it makes sense to me that a PC gaming show, I mean, you're right for Sony and Microsoft, this is marketing for them. This is meant to be their press conferences and their marketing. And so maybe it should just be the AMD show, but it seemed very weird to me that, that what we're calling a PC gaming show didn't include one of, if not the biggest PC gaming hardware manufacturer in the world. Well, right. That's hey, you know we can start a Kickstarter and uh, we can we can take care of that for next year. Let's let's get on it. it just, we got to start now. It just I mean it felt like an it felt like an ad for AMD and not a PC gaming show if that's if that makes sense or or like halfway in between a little bit because right. AMD it just seemed weird that, that, that and I don't like like I said I, I kind of and you answered the question but I'm not sure if it makes sense to feel weird about it but something about it felt weird like I got you. A couple of the highlights of the show for me, uh, like I said, I thought there were some good interviews. I thought, uh, I thought asking Dean Hall about what he thinks about early access and yeah. that whole situation, given the fact that Daisy, uh, which he has now famously walked away from, is uh, is one of the most high profile early access games out there. His answer was pretty interesting. He talked a little bit about how Steam refunds. Uh, you know, might address some of the problems that people have with early access. I thought that uh, I thought it was a really good interview with Cliff Blasinski. I thought uh, hearing his thoughts about the industry, about leaving, coming back to the industry, what he's hoping to do now, and all that stuff. I thought it was uh, I thought it was very fascinating. So that that's the one thing I, I will say that I really took away from it is I thought that there was some really good information that came out of some of the interviews that were done there. And so for that, I did enjoy. I did enjoy what ultimately I experienced from it, but um, I did not have the excitement level certainly that I did at uh, at some of the other events. Uh, as for as for the statement that uh, that many people called me out for last week when I said Bethesda won E three, you know what? I still think Bethesda won E three at least for me. And but the reason is because I knew what to expect from Sony and Microsoft. I I, I got. 
more or less what I anticipated I would get from them, whereas Bethesda's event was such a big surprise to me. I did not expect to, to be excited about the things that they showed to the degree that I was. And so for me, Bethesda was still uh, probably my favorite press event of the show, just because it was such a pleasant surprise uh, coming from a guy who traditionally has not been uh, a, a huge, huge fan of Bethesda stuff, but it's more something that's come to me recently in my gaming career. So for my money, I was still I was still pretty happy with the Bethesda event. But I thought that, frankly, everybody with I th- I think everybody actually had a pretty strong showing. I think probably EA's was the one I was least interested in, uh, just because they just had like the fewest games that I was really really engaged by. But they did have Battlefront, so kind of made up for me a little bit. But overall, I thought everybody really brought their A game this year. That was that was my take, anyhow. Yeah, I think it was a good E3. Uh, as I said, unfortunately for me, Brent, this year, I, I wasn't able to experience it the way I traditionally do just because of the whole moving thing and oh, all yeah. that. Um, but uh, I, I definitely thought that the, that there was some great stuff revealed. I'm really, What I'm really looking forward to, honestly, and we will be talking about this stuff more uh, in the coming couple of weeks, uh, certainly on next week's show, which uh, will come out next Tuesday as usual. Uh, we will talk about this a little more. I'm really looking forward to, I haven't had the opportunity to dive into some of the uh, deeper content uh, that come, that has come out of E3. I mean, really what we talked about tonight was what we experienced via the press conferences. Um, but a lot of the details come afterwards. Right. A lot of the hands-on comes afterwards. There's still um, tons uh, to dive into and... There is, and, I, and I'm really excited to get deeper into it. I really want to look more deeply into Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yep. Um, I definitely want to check out Unravel. Um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to do that. I want, I want to see all, everything I can see on Battlefront. Yes. Um, uh, obviously, there's not going to be more information on South Park, but damn it, I wish there was. I want to hear if people are playing the division or yep. not. And so there's, there's a lot of stuff that I want to know more about. Uh, I want to hear more about uh, Oculus. If there's anything, uh, you know, people are getting their hands on the, the retail version yeah. uh, what, or, or what is very close to the retail. Are they version. letting people use the touch controllers? How does that feel? They are. And, and reports have started to come out and people have said they're pretty freaking incredible. And I really want to read more about that. So I'm really looking forward to, I think there was a lot of good stuff this year. I didn't, as I said, at the top of the show, feel like there was, there were a couple of moments. Final fantasy remake was a, big moment the announcement of backwards compatibility on the xbox was a big moment uh to me south park uh, was a big moment Um, there were definitely moments throughout uh but i didn't feel like uh and i don't know how much you feel like bethesda ran away with it but i didn't feel like anybody like just completely knocked out of the park and ran away with it the way there have been some in the past um there wasn't uh horizon zero down i think was uh one of the most interesting just out of left field uh properties that I didn't expect. Um, uh, but there wasn't, um, a, you know, a division or a last guardian type of knock me down with a feather moment, right. uh, with a new, uh, IP. Um, I was actually a little surprised that, that we saw almost nothing from Batman. Um, just a little bit at the see, Sony press conference, a little bit at the Sony press conference. And not that I think there needed to be. And, and, and honestly, it's when I saw it, I was so uh, soon now, you know, in a week. Yeah. Right. But typically I still think because it's coming out next week, uh, I was, I was just surprised they didn't do more, uh, at the E3 because it is coming out next week. And so, right. uh, it's a great way to showcase their product before it releases. But, uh, I don't really give a shit because in five days or whatever it is, I'll be playing the shit out of it. And I cannot wait. Um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to seeing some more. We're going to talk more about it on Monday. Um, and, and I'm sure over the coming week. So it's been, it's been a good E3. Um, and certainly more to come. So as usual, uh, we want to hear, 
uh, what you guys think about everything. And I'm not, certainly not going to run down the list of all the games we talked about, but please tell us what you thought of E3 as a whole. Uh, uh, let us know what you thought of the individual press conferences, if there were moments that stood out for you, games that stood out for you. Uh, of course, let us know uh, what idiotic things we've said in the last hour and a half. Uh, that you want to challenge us on uh, because it's your voice that counts here. So uh, once again, for Brent Adams, I am Lauren Baumgart. And remember, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. <laughs> <laughs>